welcome back to Building a Fighter. My name is Dr. Austin Shane, sports chiropractor in Scottsdale, Arizona. With me, as always, badass strength coach in Denver, Colorado, Alex Friedman. Today, we have a guest. It's our fourth, her, her fourth appearance, I think. Fourth, right? I don't know. Sure. I think so. Fourth appearance on the Building a Fighter podcast. We have registered dietitian Christina Chu joining us. How are you doing, Christina? I'm good. Thanks for having me again. Heck yeah. Always one of the most fun episodes we do. Ooh, I know, right? Standards are high. high. But today we're basically just going to try to do a nutrition power hour. So me and Alex are going to be asking rapid fire questions and getting some discussion and some topics based around nutrition and just general dietetics for combat athletes. So Alex, I know you were writing down questions. What are we what are we starting with? Yes, I'm the one out of us three that likes <laughs> to be prepared and have notes written out and um brainstorm shade. topics, but immediate shade. I know I right? believe in being authentic. Mm-hmm. How Same. uh how Gen Z of you? Um, hey, I'm just on the border, Gen Z and millennial. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> I don't know what I am. Um You're anyway, millennial. we are going. Straight to nutrition for recovery. Um, first off, I guess, Christina, what does nutrition for recovery mean and how can we use our nutrition, our fueling to help us recover um, and get back for the next bout of exercise or get back for the next fight camp or et cetera like that? Yeah. Um, so I feel like nutrition for recovery is definitely open for interpretation, um, you know, especially for recovery as an athlete, some athletes might think of sleep, some athletes might think of muscle repair, um, soreness. So it really is open for interpretation. Um, but when I think of recovery, um, I think of the global picture and I think that's kind of the cop-out practitioner, uh, answer, but it really is true. And it applies for all scenarios of you're constantly recovering, right? Whether that's after your workout or after your training session, as well as overnight. And then the morning after too, you're still having that muscle rebuild and that muscle repair. So it is around the clock, um, uh, task, if you will. Um, but would definitely love to highlight specifically post-workout, um, because there is, I know there's kind of this thing going around of like, okay, is there like a 30 minute window after your workout? Um, and regardless of if if there is, or if there isn't, it's an amazing time to get some good nutrition in. And on top of that, perhaps we're leaning towards there is, and that there's more of like a, an uptick in uptake in nutrients uh, post-workout because your body has just deprived itself essentially, or depleted itself of all of these nutrients. And we need to make sure that it comes back into our body. Um, so thinking of post-workout, there's three things I'd like to consider carbohydrates, protein, and hydration carbohydrates, protein, and hydration. When we think of carbs, think of a three to one carb to protein ratio. So it's not a three to one protein to carb ratio. It is a three to one carb to protein ratio. So an example I like to give um, sort of on the lower end of protein that I recommend is 20 grams. So that's a typical amount that you find on the lower end of a protein shake. Uh, Some of those protein shakes can go up to about 30, sometimes even 40 grams, but one of those uh, ready to drink protein shakes. So think of premier protein, um, the fair life, they have like nutrition plan, fair life, core power, um, uh, some of the plant-based ones as well too, tend to be around 20. And so if we have 20 grams of protein, 20 times three equals 60. 
So, yes. <laughs> so Alex, then, why do all these protein shakes and drinks that I have, why do they never have any carbs in them? Great question. I think uh, if you think about it from a, like a business perspective, um, uh, you know, you kind of want to be able to control your carbs as a consumer. So a lot of, like you said, protein drinks won't have carbohydrates. It's uh, kind of viewed to be bad to have carbs in them. And I think a lot of uneducated, so the public uh, majority (laughs) tend to think, oh, if there's something with carbohydrates in it, that's bad. Um, Meanwhile, they're drinking like green juices and smoothies that are like a hundred grams of carbs, but like no protein. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense, but what do I know? Um, So anyways, (laughs) I think it's more of a, they need to meet the consumer needs and, or the consumer perceived needs. And that tends to be low carb. But the great thing about that is, is that we can add carbs to it. So just because you have a protein drink, and I'm saying this because it's the easiest, like most readily available. Also what a lot of athletes thinks is as post-workout, you can absolutely. And what I recommend is to do post-workout through food, but let's just kind of meet in the middle and and think, you know, what's the most popular option. Um, An an easy way to go about that is to like uh, pair a protein shake with some kind of fruit. So your fruit not only provides you with your carbohydrate, but also provides you with some lovely micronutrients. So your vitamins, your minerals, your phytonutrients from plants um, that uh, offer you a lot of anti-inflammatory and antioxidant benefits. Um, Think of those as like your healing properties um, from food. So uh, in order to elevate sort of a protein drink, which is, I think the most common natural reaction to post-workout, um, pairing that with some kind of fruit can absolutely elevate your recovery. The reason for that is, uh, well, there's actually two reasons. So during your training session, you would have used a lot of carbohydrates. At least I would hope that you would have used a lot of carbohydrates in those (laughs) high intensity bouts of exercise, um, or long bouts of exercise. And we need to replenish that. And like I said, there's been some research coming out of perhaps, yeah, right after exercise, we have a higher basically absorption rate of those nutrients. Why not maximize that? On top of that, your carbohydrates uh, basically trigger an insulin response. And you can think about insulin as the key to your cells. And without that key, those cells don't open and specifically your muscle cells. So we might have all this protein, but maybe not all of it would be absorbed as much as it could without that carbohydrate response too. So um, it actually helps you pull that protein into your muscles. And post-workout is a, is a great time. We only have 24 hours in a day. A lot of athletes struggle with meeting their energy demands um, through, you know, energy intake. So food throughout the day. So that's a perfect time. And a lot of the um, common uh, rebuttal that I get against that is like, oh, I'm not hungry after I work out. Like, and that makes sense because naturally exercise stunts your appetite. If you think about it from an evolution standpoint, uh, when we're running away from a bear trying to fight for our life, we're not thinking, hey, I need to have a snack right now. Like, it doesn't right. trigger that appetite hormone. Um, it actually suppresses it. So, isn't, isn't there something about body temperature there as well? Like, when your body temperature is elevated, you're appetites suppressed? Um, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as well as when you're cold too. Um, but, um, yeah, it's very natural to not have an appetite after you work out. So my response to that is just to train your nutrition, just as you would train anything else, train your skills, um, train your strength and conditioning too. So 
your your digestive system is highly adaptable. It's not the same as it was when you were born right out of the womb, right? We, we constantly adapt. So um, practice getting something in. And even if, even I will say, even if we do start out with, you're saying, hey, Christina, I can only do a protein shake. That thought of, a, of an apple with that Mm-mm, makes me feel queasy, then fine. It's a protein shake for now, but you bet I'm going to constantly challenge you and say, Hey, do we think we can get that apple in now because of the reasons I just listed? So it's a journey. It's not a, it's not a end goal, um, end all be all, but, um, the process is, is definitely something that athletes should consider as well too. Well, I, I always tell my athletes, like I say the same thing, you got to eat after, right. But, and they come back with exactly what you said. Hey, they're, they're not hungry after they work out. Well, guess what? Sometimes you show up to work out. You're not, you don't want to work out, but you fucking do it <laughs> like, right. cause it's the right thing to do. You should eat after because it's the right thing to do. Athletes don't necessarily do what you, what you feel like doing in the moment. You do what's going to make you successful. Right. And that's just getting those nutrients in right after. And that's just part of being a professional. Absolutely. And I consider that low appetite is, is, um, you know, when you start a new training program and you're just kind of sore all over, mm-hmm. when you start something new, you're going to experience that like kind of body resistance, right. And, yeah. and the physical examples of being sore. Um, if anyone has like started therapy, it's, it's kind of like an emotional fatigue. You're like, why am I exhausted? And nutrition wise, it's just not having an appetite. And so that is something that can be overcome just because it's just one small thing in your way. Doesn't mean that that's, you know, that's it. Like I'm done. Um, so absolutely. And I will say it does take a lot of encouragement from whoever's there with them. So their coaches or strength coaches, uh, rehab, whoever to encourage them to do that. Cause you know how athletes are, they're always going to be like, ah, I'm going to try and sneak away. Yeah. Yeah, gonna... right. <laughs> no, that's I don't need to yet. eat after this workout. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. No one's going to know. <laughs> I guess I've never really thought of that. Like as far as like your digestive system and your appetite being like trainable, you know? And I think that's absolutely a really interesting point. Cause like, even now I like notice it. It's like, I know as soon as I get home from work in the evening or whatever, I'm get, I get hungry, like regardless of how much I've eaten, when I've eaten the whole day or whatever, I could have just like grabbed something on the way home from work, whatever I do, when I get home and I walk through the door, I'm going to be hungry or I'm going to start to look for something to eat, you know? So I think that just points to the fact that like you can create habits around that. So why don't you create a beneficial habit after your workout? Exactly. Yeah. And you can also create a non-beneficial habit, right? You cannot eat <laughs> yeah. um, until dinner, which a lot of athletes sure. do, but Austin. that. Yeah. I mean, muscle repair, soreness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I eat one meal a day. We'll, we'll minimize our hate on Austin for his nutrition. This, this I feel like every time you guys are both on the podcast with me, it's just me getting attacked. That's why we, and I'm here for, and I'm here for it. But, we do. but <laughs> um, I did want to expand upon, I think a cool thing to talk about is something I actually talked about with our coaching staff recently is tapering. And when I, when we should taper on the strength conditioning side and actually nutrition being the reason for tapering a little bit earlier. So one thing I was talking with our head coach, Santino DeFranco, probably four or five months ago is we had a discussion on our athletes were they were losing out on their end of their workouts. They were losing out on their, like, uh, we'll say seven days prior to competition. Cause they were so sore from overtraining quote unquote. But in reality, it was because they're taking in less carbohydrates because they're taking in less nutrition because they're, they're not eating at the same levels. We as combat athletes should probably, or combat strength coaches should probably tailor our tapering methods and tailor our end of camp training 
around their nutritional needs. Because if they're cutting out all these different things, you can't expect them to recover like an athlete in those textbooks that we learn about. It not mm-hmm. You shouldn't be just doing tapering according to the book. You should do it tailored to what that athlete's demands are. Right, Alex, 100%. quote unquote. So something I think that would be a cool power hour topic is like end of the exercise or end of the camp t- nutrition and end of the camp strength and conditioning and how they kind of correlate. Yeah. That's the money right there. Um, like, <laughs> I know there's know. not a question there, but I was just throwing it out there yeah. as I yeah. thought of it as we were talking. Yeah. yeah. I threw up a softball. Austin throws a knuckleball at you. Yeah. And it's T-ball right now. <laughs> no one is throwing it. <laughs> um, I mean, well, absolutely, was- like, no, you make a great point of like, you know, you can't just go balls to the walls a hundred percent of the time and get frustrated as an athlete to think, why aren't I having the same output? That's just so that's dumb. Honestly, it's yeah. just dumb. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> someone there had a big exhale, <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> all right. Uh, anyways. Um, but like, that's, you're absolutely right. And that that's so important for an athlete is to match what their needs are. And you're, you're talking about like fight week, right? Like coming up to weigh-ins. Yeah. Last two weeks. Right. So typically you want to tailor, you want to like taper off your S and C and decrease, typically decrease volume and keep the same intensity. Right. But we've seen with a couple, a few other gyms locally, but then also around the country, these guys going into fight week and they're actually losing out on their skill work because their strength and conditioning was still at the same level because they're trying to taper as if they were a football player as opposed to taper as if they were a fighter. Got it. Jeez, that's frustrating. Yeah. Well, and, and I also, I wanted to bring Alex into it too and see, have you seen that with your athletes? What do you guys do? And make it more like a, a give and take, if you will. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of that as far as fight week goes. Um, we have a good, really, really good relationship. And I mean, not to say that you don't, but like with our skill training as well, where we do, we control a lot of their skill work volume um, yeah. as they taper too. So that's helped um, immensely as far as like limiting their sparring rounds and making sure that we get like a, a true taper from all physical demands, not just um, S and C. But again, and like, I, I'm trying to think where does nutrition fit into all this? Because I mean, for lack of a better term, like we really don't check that nutritional box with a lot of our athletes. Like some of them have their own independent um, dietitians that they followed to help with the weight cut and everything else like this. But I mean, that's kind of a missing link as far as like our in fight camp uh, program or periodization. So I haven't seen a whole lot of like interference, if you will. I mean, there's always the, like, I feel like shit, I'm cutting weight. I've stopped eating right. um, type of feeling, but as far as being sore and um, that interfering with our last two weeks of training, that's that's not something that I've had a lot of experience with. But um, well, to kind of I guess offer my insight on that, right? Um, yeah. Every discipline has their own, you know, in, in the kind of team atmosphere. There's always going to be one that's leading versus the other. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. in off season, it tends to be either a lot of rehab or strength conditioning, like let's work on those skills now, but that doesn't make sense a day before the fight. Right. 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 Um, versus I feel like nutrition takes a huge precedence. Finally. I mean, we're mm-hmm. always in the background, but <laughs> finally it takes a huge precedence leading up to weigh-ins because let's right. be honest, that's the first yeah. thing that you control is your diet um, when it comes to that acute weight cut. So 
yeah, it is kind of astonishing that in that sort of um, team atmosphere, right, there is no one there to be like, let's make sure that all these guys and gals are set. You're just like, I think they are, but, um, you know, you're putting that trust in, in the athlete, which is fine. Sometimes they have it right in the bag, but sometimes they don't. And they're, what I've heard is, is you know, I'm oftentimes the, the first dietitian that a lot of these athletes speak with, or at least the first good dietitian that a lot of these athletes speak with. <laughs> Um, and they're like, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, they will tell you guys that, oh yeah, I'm, yep. I'm doing this, um, you know, water cut. And you're like, you literally just Googled how do UFC's fighters cut weight. And the first thing that comes up is a water taper that someone, I forgot his name, but he wrote some like guru book. Um, it's like the four hour work week. And like, somehow he knows things about like weight cutting. I don't know. <laughs> it, that's the first yeah. thing that pops up for like that's Google's strange. SEO. Right. And I've, yeah. I've, I've checked and that's the first thing that came up for me as well too. So they're trying to seek help. They really are. And they're trying to do the best thing, but they just don't have the resources to do so, which kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Um, but nutrition does play a huge role. It's the, it's kind of the pulling factor in that. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. We can't be hitting one rep maxes in, in yep. fight week. And I'm not saying that we are, but just for, you know, examples, right. Well, uh, we have to focus on their nutrition. We have to focus on their weight. That's, mm-hmm. that's honestly what matters the most. Um, and making sure that they're not in like preventing injury, um, or, you know, putting themselves in such a dangerous base metabolically that they can't fight. Well, it's a cool concept in general too, because a lot of the times you always think we got to do more work. We got to do more work. We got to do more work. When all these people are preaching recovery, recovery, recovery. Well, what's the main point of our recovery when it gets closer to the fight, it's going to be our nutrition, but nobody makes that the main point of their focus. Like you're saying, Christina. So it's, it's almost like a shift needs to happen. The closer you get to the fight, it's not that you have like the work matters less, but it, but it kind of does how you fuel your body and how you recover really matters more. And I wish more people had that lens that you really only need to do probably 60% of the work you're doing. And you just need to actually hammer in your nutrition and eat like an adult. Right. And then one thing too, Christina, as far as like end of fight camp, when we get closer to that weight cut and nutrition does take a little more precedence, um, and I know you do, but I'm going to ask, do you have any like tips to keep energy high or to keep um, the perceived energy or ability to train a little better? Because I mean, we've all been there with the weight cut where we're losing a ton of weight. We feel like shit. We don't want to train ever. and We don't have any energy. Um, do you have any tips to maintain your energy levels or be able to um, still complete your training, even though we're in like a caloric deficit or we're reducing yeah. carbs? Yeah. Um, and I want to, before I jump into the tips, I kind of want to zoom out and explain kind of the why first. Um, I think a a common misconception, and we've talked about this before is come fight week or come, you know, the, the last couple days, people think I just need to deprive myself. I just need to starve myself. Um, and whether that be truly what they actually think is right or whether that be sort of like a, like a mental test as well, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know until the athlete like sits down in front of me, but those are my two common um, perceptions. Like you actually don't need to, right. I have someone who um, uh, their fights coming up in about four weeks and that's their first time working with someone. And they're like, wait, I like actually don't feel like shit when I come home from training session. <laughs> like, this is so nice. weird. Like, yeah, what am nice. I supposed to do with all this energy? Right. And that, isn't that how it's supposed to be? Like, you're not 
just starving yourself. Like you're an athlete. You're supposed to think about yourself in, in that sense. So in a traditional sense, um, quotes with like football or baseball or hockey, for the most part, they're not starving themselves at, at the highest level. Now, as a fighter, you just have to do it a little bit differently. Right. So it's, yeah, like the, the cut sucks. So there's, it's not going to be all rainbows and daisies, but it should suck as least as possible, or we've all done bad weight cut. So it should not be to that level. Um, with that being said, um, you can meet your energy demands while still, um, reducing down in weight. So in the last couple of days, it's very unlikely that you're just going to like lose body fat. Um, body fat takes time to lose, which that should have been addressed weeks out in advance. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. To that as well. Um, retweeting my own tweet. And so that's out of the question, right? Um, but what does matter is how do we reduce that, um, the weight that we don't necessarily need on our body in the short term. So think about your gut weight. So the food that kind of sits in your stomach, uh, we don't want to have a bunch of, you know, fried chicken and Doritos and salads and all that stuff um, in your stomach um, before weigh-ins. I mean, that's just a really easy way to cut out about one to 2% of your weight on top of that fluids and what you're mentioning with carbs as well. For every one gram of carb, you hold on to three grams of fluids. So those, those kind of go hand in hand. Um, So focusing on those and thinking about it like a prescription versus kind of blindly throwing something out of like, oh, well, this is how um, the internet tells me I need to lose weight. Like losing weight on the internet for the public is a lot different than cutting weight as an athlete, as a, as a weight class, weight class athlete. Mm -hmm. So those two are separate and they're not different or they, they are different tactics. Um, It's almost like a prescription to follow. Right. Oh, and the worst thing I've seen is not even for fighters. I've had fighters that were going on like T Nation and looking up like bodybuilder weight cuts. And I'm like, hey, you probably can't do that. <laughs> like, no. like they're doing a completely different thing. Right. So be careful with the information you're looking at, please. Like please, for everybody listening, please, please. <laughs> like listen to Christina. She knows you. what she's talking about. <laughs> I, I've had the same experience too. Well, like body bodybuilders make weight cuts as well. I'm like, yeah, but once I step on state, like you could really you could just blow on them. They fall yeah. over. They're not, they're, yeah, they're not, not performing. They're, they're performing. Exactly. And I hesitated. I almost said that they're not athletes and, you know, I'm definitely going to get a lot of shit for that, but <laughs> they are in the sense that, you know, performers are definitely athletes. I've worked with plenty of, of people in that realm. Like the shit they have to do honestly is insane. Um, but they're not athletes in that, you know, they're competing against someone else. They need to be explosive. Um, their energy needs to be high. They just kind of need to fake it. It's a performance versus you can't like really fake being high energy. Like once you're shoved into the cage. (laughs) Yeah. There's very much different demands uh, posing and flexing on stage versus hitting somebody in the face. You know, that's just, (laughs) Easy way to classify it. Exactly. Exactly. So one other thing that before Alex jumps into his laundry list of questions oh, that yeah, he pre-prepared. To, um, one other thing that I want to talk about if we're talking about closer to fight week. So something that I learned last time, last time I went to a UFC event from, I think it was Nicole. It was the one I was talking about this with was oh, fuel yeah. fueling for your weight cut. Yeah. So a lot of athletes, I just want to hear your stance on this, Christina, because I've, I have a lot of my athletes just, they just want to do a complete fast day of weight cut. 
when reality she like Nicole was telling me for my specific athlete I was with like, Hey, he needs to probably have like this four ounce thing of salmon. Him not eating that means he's not going to get through his weight cut. Mm -hmm. And a lot, I I just feel like that's something people don't realize. So is there any way you could elaborate on fueling for your weight cut? Yeah. I love Nicole. She's great. Um, she's so funny. She's got a dry sense of humor like me. So we're both just like, really like when you, when you hear us talk, it's just like very monotone. It's great. Um, anyways, sarcasm uh, is just snuck in just, Oh, it is in, it is a main character. Um, (laughs) anyways, so for feeling for a weight cut, absolutely. If this athlete felt like he shouldn't eat again, whether that be from what he did previously or, or what he's read online or what have you, um, if we think about it, a well-fueled athlete tends to cut weight a lot easier. So what he's doing is making it a lot harder on his body to cut weight. Did he make his weight? He did, but it was a rough weight cut. And I tried to get him to eat the food. I tried to make him listen to what Nicole was saying. And yeah. he's like, I just feel like I can't do it. I'm like, dude, this is only like 0.1 on a scale. It's like three ounces of salmon. It's nothing in regards yeah. to the actual weight, right? And yeah. salmon is a very nutrient dense, but also calorie dense food, which is, I think an awesome recommendation. Um, and, and basically what it means to be calorically dense is food that provides you with energy, but takes less weight overall. So it takes less weight in your stomach as well too, less weight on the scale. Um, again, it only contributes to about one to 2% of your weight, but that one to 2% is probably the hardest part. Um, also, speak to that misnomer of like physically weighing your food as far as putting it in your body. Right. Yeah. Like, like I know, I know I used to do that and a ton of wrestlers still do that as far as like taking the food you're about to eat and stepping on the scale with it in your hands and then taking it off and eating it. <laughs> right. Like what, what is the actual <laughs> physical amount of weight that I'm eating right now? I yeah. feel like we laugh, but that's oh, I've done that lot. so many yeah, times. That's a lot of what people do. Yeah. They take the actual physical weight of their food and count that as like, okay, if I eat this, I'm only going to gain 0. 0.3 on the scale. Right. Yeah. Is- I've had that happen under my care too. And it's just like, we've gotten 99% of it. Right. Like if this is the one thing that you want to hang on to, I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at least we're eating, you know, I'm like, at least we're eating. Like you can't win every battle. Got to win the war. Right. So whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, think about also your thermal effective food, which is 10% of your energy expenditure, like yeah. out the window. We don't even think about that. Um, I, I, I think a lot of that uh, comes from like calories in calories out and thinking about this, like a mathematics equation of, well, I'm going to stand here with my food and that's going to translate to what it is in my, you know, in, internally, but that's not the case. Like, I feel like people think nutrition is like arithmetic. So like two plus two equals four nutrition is like calculus on steroids. Um, there's a lot of like metabolism things you need to consider that it's not just straightforward like that. So like calories in calories out, like yes, to a certain extent, um, it's not always going to be the case weighing your weighing yourself with the food versus your weight after you eat the food, not necessarily the same either. So, um, Again, sometimes it's a lost battle, but hey, they end up making weight and feeling awesome. So fine. But generally, yeah, that's kind of like you're just wasting your time. A silly thing <laughs> to do. Yeah. 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 But it's not harm. I don't think it's harmful at all unless you take it to the extreme. But um, right. yeah, that's not Outs- the hill I'm buying on. <laughs> Outside of salmon, are there any other like <laughs> what you would consider nutrient dense foods for people to fuel for their for their weight cut? 
Yeah. Um, so hitting like those, uh, protein sources is big. Mm -hmm. So think of like protein and fat, um, protein more so just, um, to kind of sustain, uh, your muscles, not necessarily grow it, but just to make sure we're providing enough. And then fat is one of the most, or the most calorically dense food. Um, it, Lily weight or it's nine calories per gram versus carbs and fat are four calories per gram. So it's double the amount of energy for the same amount of weight. Um, so thinking of like pairing a, um, you can even take like chicken or steak with some kind of like avocado, avocado crema, like, um, any oh, kind of fancy. I know. Crema is just like, oh. crema is like aioli. Like it's really not like mayonnaise, but like, Hey, whatever. <laughs> It's about perception, right? Um, Any kind of nuts and seeds. I love, I love those, but more of the nut butters just because the seeds might have a high fiber content, which again can contribute to gut weight. Um, We're really trying to strip that down. Um, Some really high quality oils. So like olive oils, even some butters too. Um, My only thing is it just kind of melts. So it doesn't feel like you're eating a lot visually. Um, but that's also another option. It just depends on the fighter and, and what mm-hmm. foods they've already been eating. Like if they've never eaten an avocado before, I would not be like, well, let's just try now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not the time, not the time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good blanket rule too. Don't try new things during your weight cut or the week of your fight. <laughs> no, uh, or like the day before. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. On, on any front. Don't try new techniques. Don't do new S and C stuff. Don't do new exercises the week before you fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I compare it to like wearing new shoes. Like I know in fighting, you don't wear shoes, but like with my football track, like soccer, yeah. it's like, imagine just wearing a new pair of shoes on game day. You got to break them in. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's one too many like stimulus changes. Like just yeah. keep it simple. For sure. So stepping back from fight week and into more of like our training realm or our or camp per se, what is your general stance on supplements and what supplements should fighters be taking? Because I've been asked this question at least like four or five times in the last week, which I thought I've talked about it enough, but um, (laughs) supplements, I guess, what's your blanket statement on supplements and are there any specifically that you would recommend for fighters? Yeah. Um, so anytime I'm asked that question, I like to preface with the fact that supplements are not tested. Um, and you definitely run the risk of testing positive for a banned substance. Um, I was in a session with one of my athletes and he was like, Oh shit, you saw us at my door right now. Yeah. <laughs> like they come at any time. Right. And it does not matter that I was like, all right, well, call me back in like 10 minutes. <laughs> like, I do not want to be on this session. Um, like, let me just piss in a cup real quick. I'm like, no, 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 please call me back. Um, <laughs> But like they can literally come at any single time and you obviously want to be really like that should be your first priority when it comes to supplements is a, is a safety piece. Um, with that being said, just because of a, of a really famous fighter or someone that you look up to post something online, doesn't mean that they necessarily take it. So some of these fighters will take at like ad deals, um, with these supplement companies, um, but that doesn't mean that they actually take those supplements. So that's something to be aware of, especially for amateurs or um, even like at the, at the high school or or college wrestling level doesn't, you know, just because so-and-so is promoting something doesn't mean that they're actually taking it. With that being said for some fighters too, just because you promote a product does not mean that you need to take it. Right. You can just post a picture, like truly um, I recommend this. You can post a picture, you know, 
collect your money and then call it a day. It is not in your contract um, with that company that you need to actually take their products. Yeah, pour it in your mouth, spit it out. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Photoshop it. Just cut it. Oh, yeah. All okay. yeah. types um, of deception here. Um, but if let's say uh, an athlete were appropriate for a supplement, um, I, for about 90% of my athletes never recommend supplements on like the first session, unless it was asked. Um, The reason for that is I want them to get their diet down first. So if we think about supplements, supplements are supplemental to your diet. So it's like, it's like if you're building a house and you don't have your foundation down, but you're like, what kind of colors should we paint the wall? You're like, yeah, that's, not, it, that's not a priority. It's fun to talk about <laughs> and it seems cool, but it's not Super the, cool. not the meat and potatoes. Right. Or like, you don't even have like your plot of land down. Like who are you <laughs> to start making Instagram videos for like DIY? You know, it's the, it's the same concept. So yeah. let's make sure we are just, I've recently, uh, come to conclusion that my nutrition practice and informal um, motto is like, don't be a dick, like, don't be a dick about your nutrition, right? Let's think through this <laughs> logically. And I'm going to be the person to help you with that. Like, let's think through this as an athlete. Does it make sense for us to focus on your supplements? If your nutrition regimen is absolutely trash, you can't just out supplement a bad diet. It's not yeah. how it works. It's piecing the band-aids together without addressing the root cause. Well, okay. You can do whatever the hell you want, but that's not like the best plan of action. I've, I've heard that statement. Don't be a dick somewhere before, but was it directed towards you, Alex? No, it was in, no, it's one of his mottos. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I subconsciously just stole it, but regardless, don't be a dick, right? It's, it's a good, it's, it's a good, it's good general rule of thumb. Yeah. Don't be yeah. a dick. To people, to yourself, like, yeah, anyways. Um, But let's say an athlete were meeting with me for a couple months and they feel good about their nutrition. I think they're good in their nutrition as well. Um, Specifically for camp, absolutely. There are some supplements that we can work on. Um, Generally in camp, you're in a calorie deficit. So I like to tag on a multivitamin just because your food choices tend to be limited or you're just eating less. So it's just good to kind of cover our basis with a lot of these vitamins, um, the water soluble ones in particular. So vitamin B and C, if you're meeting your needs, you're just going to pee it out. So not a big deal. No big deal. Then after that, I like to recommend some more of your highly potent, um, anti-inflammatory, uh, supplements just cause you're at this kind of chronically stressed out state. So one, you're training like a madman, training like a madman, how are you sleeping? Just the psychological stress of knowing you have, you have a fight coming up, maybe dealing with all those expectations and let alone if you're a professional, like taking care of your family, all of these things to consider, um, got to have a little TLC. So that's when I recommend something like an omega-3, um, like a turmeric supplement, um, stuff like that. I advise against creatine um, come fight camp just because creatine um, can retain water. So we're trying to do everything we can to get your weight down. Um, but creatine is awesome off camp, but not necessarily during camp. So if someone's taking that, I just recommend take it away. It's not one of those um, supplements that like, Oh, you're really going to notice something um, just because it's more creatine is more about increasing your creatine stores in your body. Um, and you've probably got enough things to focus on during camp. Um, one that I recommend, or it depends per athlete and where they are as well as what their food choices are. Um, but whey protein, I kind of fall on the fence on. 
for some athletes, they time or, or appetite or what have you is a, is a concern. So they have trouble meeting their protein needs. Sure. A whey protein would be great, but other times athletes might think, Oh, just again, what I mentioned in the beginning of post-workout, I'm going to have a protein shake. When you're at a, a calorie deficit, it's a lot easier to drink something than it is to eat something. And after a protein shake, you might feel hungry after 30 minutes. It's just a rapid liquid going right to your gut. Um, so I like to recommend whole foods that you can chew, that you can look at, like visually stimulating um, and fulfilling as well. So whey is kind of something that I fall on the fence on. I really have to assess an athlete first and see what my best recommendation would be for them, as well as what their thoughts are too. Um, so that's kind of like a hit or miss, just dependent. Um, and we also just don't want to overdo it on the protein uh, during camp is not the time to necessarily build your muscle because added muscle equals added weight. And we're trying to go down in weight. It's very counterintuitive. Um, so that's why I'm kind of on the fence about it for some athletes. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is a great rundown. Um, you're talking about a little bit like anti-inflammatory or, um, I guess in my brain that, um, goes to like antioxidants. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of fighters like mix athletic greens or that's a popular one or try and get, like you said, the micronutrients from your multivitamin, whatever they try and get that through a supplement. Right. And I guess, what's your opinion on like athletic greens or some of these other like green shakes that have been going around? Yeah. Um, the greens are really interesting. Um, anecdotally, I have had clients who have had, um, health issues arise after taking okay. these greens consistently. Um, I've had an athlete um, coincidentally get kidney stone oh, and shit. that doesn't surprise me just given um, the high level of, Oh my God, I'm blanking on it. Oh, sh- um, anyways, if you basically, if you eat a lot of green, like a lot, a lot of greens, yeah. um, but you at risk, why am I forgetting it? I don't know. Uric acid. Re- I'm just going to say random shit. No. Something like lactic acid, balsamic vinegar. Um, Yes. (laughs) That's the one. Uh, Anyways. That's why I don't eat salads. Well, the thing is, it's very difficult from a mechanical standpoint to eat that much greens in order Mm. to reach that level of whatever the component I'm thinking about that does not come to mind. Um, But when it comes in a green powder, I mean, to take a scoop of that and chug it. You got a bunch Easy. of yeah. yeah. Is it and colic body- calciferol? No, that's D. Damn. Christ. Sounded like chlor. Like <laughs> my name's Austin. I'm a doctor. I know words. I'm just pairing up prefixes <laughs> with what it would be. Yeah. Oh, geez. This is not gonna go well. <laughs> All right, we're fine. I'm I'm done. I'm done okay. for it. Last we're not gonna have question. Austin talk about greens. Yeah. I don't think that's the right. most yeah, no. green yeah, shakes, not, not great uh anecdotally. Okay. Not great anecdotally. Um also again, third party tested like we need to watch out for that. Um, greens do not replace like, uh, green shakes don't re- replace regular greens. So athletes were like, I don't want to eat a salad. Can I just drink a green shake instead? Again, don't be a dick. Like, no, I can yeah. eat your greens. Like, just trying to take the well, easy way out or the short. Literally. Side. Yeah. Would you recommend like for people that don't like, like myself, right? What about just getting a juicer and just juicing your own fucking greens? That's fine. I'd rather you do okay. that than, than okay. take a greens powder because you at least you're you're looking at the kale or spinach, and then you yeah. put it in your juicer and it turns into a juice. Versus these powders, like we don't know what goes into that. And I know athletic greens is third party tested, but regardless, again, those those healthy foods, I say in quotes, to that high level can actually not be healthy. Um yeah. 
So it's, right. it's just hard to say because it's not a natural form of these greens. So absorption rate, digestibility, like we don't know. So I, oh my God, I had a client who was taking these green powders and then was like, oh, it's making my stomach hurt. Like I'm going to take a probiotic. And then it's like, oh, well, like this probiotic makes me feel X, Y, and Z. So I'm like, can you just cut these things out? <laughs> and they, they yeah. literally were like, no, I'm like, all right, well, what am I doing here then? You know, yeah. if you don't want to take whatever, that's a that's whole like, other session. In healthcare, <laughs> we call those the people that deserve their pain because you try to help them and they do everything against it. It's pretty they, harsh. Yeah. Well, Maybe they do all the wrong. Ready at this well, time. no, like it's a legitimate thing. Like sometimes yeah. like people do these certain things and you tell, Hey, just take out one step. They're like, no, I got to do X steps on the front end. When in reality, you just take out the one thing and you're good. It's the yeah. same thing with nutrition, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Last supplement question and then we'll move on. Um, hydration mixes. Uh, I know hydration is huge, especially in MMAC, everybody carrying around the gallon jug or whatever water that they have, which again, they need because they train chronically and always need to be hydrating, but <laughs> hydration mixes are a huge additive that people put into their, um, whatever their mix or their jug. Where do you stand on that? Is it effective? Are there yeah. recommendations around it? So yeah. What do you got? I love those. I okay. love those hydration mixes. Um, they're very, I mean, supplemental, right. Yeah. Um, to the, the hydration process and that hydration is not just fluids. It's also your electrolytes. So those hydration mixes should have your electrolytes in them. Um, I advise my athletes to make sure that they have sodium as a lot of hydration mixes will only have a potassium or magnesium based supplement. Um, it's still hydrating, but you're just going to be more efficient with the sodium. I would advise against only drinking fluids, because if you think about your sweat, your sweat tastes salty. Um, if you've ever tasted your sweat before, and I'm sure everyone on here has, um, maybe, not purpose, so but... maybe, yeah, just like a little accidental, like, whoop. or like, if you've ever, like, if your sweat has ever dried up and it leaves like those white rings or white stains on your clothes, um, that's an, uh, sign of you may be a heavy, salty sweater, regardless, everyone sweats out salt. Um, and we need to replenish that. If we don't, we run the risk of chugging just fluids and that yeah. creates an electrolyte imbalance too. So a low sodium, which is going to have a lot of the same like fatigue, um, symptoms as dehydration. So, um, any yes, favorites? It isn't. Well, you know, I love my Gatorade. Yeah, right. Is that is that shameless or is that a shame? Plug. plug. Yeah, we're plug. plug. <laughs> I make no money off. Well, I make no money. I make no commission off of Gatorade. But truly, I mean, they are like very heavily researched, um, very easily accessible too, mm. and pretty cheap. So like, I know a lot of athletes are on a budget. Um, that's the less glamorous side of athletics that a lot of people don't get to see. Uh, but not every pro athlete just is spewing money. And so not MMA. no, so those Gatorade powders, um, can be helpful, especially to travel with, um, or just buying like the regular ready to drink ones. Um, yeah. Cool. Noted. Awesome. What else you got? I asked my big ones, but if I had to think, so from the nutrition side of things, so we talked about the end of camp at the beginning of camp, is there anything that they should really be focusing on just general guidelines? Like say you start, you got a title fight coming up and you're 10 weeks away, Ooh. right? Ran random situation, but happens for some people, whether it be LFA, Bellator, whatever, whatever it may be. Wow. Is there anything you should be doing at the beginning of the fight camp to try to prep yourself for what everybody knows is a relatively, I guess, demanding 10 weeks? 
Yeah. I mean, first of all, you should come speak with a dietitian like myself. So that way we can help you. Correct. Yeah. Another shameless plug. Let's go. <laughs> Keep it up. We're nearing the end of the episode where all the plugs happen. Yeah. Austin <laughs> is here with his little LaCroix. He's like, come on, sponsor. Well, I just want them to sponsor LaCroix. me right now. I yeah. drink like what flavor is that? episode. Uh, hibiscus. Ooh. I've never seen that one. Damn. Uh, it's in the new multi-pack. They have lemoncello, which is by far the best flavor of the So good. Lime is the best. By far. No, you're wrong. It's your opinion and you're good. wrong. Yeah. Lemoncello is by far the best. It's good. Second That's is key lime. And then hibiscus is up there. Dumb. Alex, would you drink key lime? Cause you just I would try lime. it. Yeah. But I like lime. I like lime better. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, beginning beginning of camp nutrition. Beginning of camp, see a dietitian, obviously. Um, And think of beginning of camp as, again, setting down your foundation. So making sure that we are eating consistently, tracking your weight is going to be important. Um, Ideally, I like for my weight class athletes to track nighttime weights and morning weights. and, um, getting protein throughout the day, like making sure you have your carbs. So we'll work on like pre-workout, uh, carbohydrates to see if that is an option for them and what they like. Um, just because if you think about during the actual fight, ideally you would want to have some sort of carby snack right beforehand. So you train your body to get used to having that carbohydrates before any training session. And then it's a, it's a no brainer for, uh, during your fight. Um, hydration, absolutely making sure that they are not overhydrated, which is a very common, um, trend amongst fighters is again, no electrolytes, salt makes me retain water. I'm going to only just drink fluids. Well, that's not helpful either. So making sure that they are well hydrated, um, and using those, you know, electrolyte, uh, mixes and drinks. And honestly, just trying to cut down at, at a weight, descent that's healthy, but realistic too. Right. So some athletes, you know, generally for overall weight loss, um, I recommend about a half to one pound a week for some MMA athletes. I need to do more because they have a lot more weight to cut, which is Mm -hmm. fine. Um, but you know, being able to sort of reverse engineer it and think where do they need to end up come fight week and then kind of track backtrack from there as to what is a general weight loss per week that would be healthy in order for us to get us where we need to, um, during camp or during uh, fight week, excuse me. So I would say it's, it's more of a, a low key, but like definitely not easy, um, method and approach, but weight is definitely a first one hydration, which will eventually contribute to weight later on. Um, and making sure that they're staying consistent with their meals and not skipping anything. Oftentimes I work through like, how do you cook? Like that, that's honestly <laughs> something I work with. They're like, oh, I didn't know that we could buy like frozen vegetables. I'm like, yes, please do, especially if you're on a budget. So yeah. it ends up becoming more of like a healthful nutrition conversation uh, within the lens of, of fighting. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I also have another random question. This will be a quick hitter, but I was thinking about it recently. Is so the UFC for for male athletes, right? They recommend seven to nine percent of your weight class. That's going to be your end water cut. Does that change male to female? That is a great question. I would think so. Because I just didn't know based off of like, because it'll be like muscle to fat content probably is you could pull water out of different tissues. I didn't know if since females typically have a higher body fat percentage that would change. But I've been to, when people ask me for help, I'm like, this is what they recommend. Yeah. Uh, so yeah try uh, to be uh, that. 
close yeah. 10 days out or fight week or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't I know just cause my most, yeah. Just cause my most recent fighters was female. And I'm like, I was thinking, I'm like, does my recommendation have to change if it's a female versus a male? Yes, but not, I think obviously don't take that to the extreme too. Right. 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 Um, so yes and no, um, I am blanking on the percentage, but I do believe it is lower for females. Okay. So you need to and sit I'm sure. to your weight class. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Yeah. That was yeah. just something on my mind. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Apologize for who you are. For caring and, about uh, women. Yeah. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> my bad, guys. But I'm more <laughs> what else you got on your... Is your apology for that man bun that you put in before? Oh my god! It's a, it's a shout out to Yuri. It's the Prohoshkowitz, Prohoshka. It's a samurai man bun that I'm rocking right now because I can't rock an actual. Um, it looks uh, like actual um, ponytail. Because obviously everyone can't see this. It looks like um, like Doctor Seuss. You know those little trees oh, that he yeah. has in his book. Oh yeah, I call it my yep. top palm. Your t- it looks like a palm tree exactly, yep. but like. A really small one, like not a. Oh my gosh, I'm in California. Like, look at all these palm trees. No, it was just planted. It's like yeah, it was faking it in Arizona. <laughs> it was like just planted, and someone forgot to water it. Like that kind yeah. of. Do you water palm trees? Okay, I believe right. so. Okay. All Anyways. right. Well, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's a very information dense power hour um, and nutrition with Christina Chu. So thank you very that's much cute. for fielding our questions and bringing some light to the, the dark table of strength and conditioning, nutrition, knowledge, darkness, what darkness? I don't know. I'm just talking, you know, right. because a lot of strength conditioning go to like nutrition knowledge is oh. just bro science. Oh, bro science and supplements. <laughs> eat, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. It's just a strength coach saying eat more protein. Have whey protein. Yeah. One <laughs> gram per pound, everybody. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I see. Okay. I was like, darkness. I was like, I think nutrition is fun, but okay. No, nutrition is great. It's just, I think there's a lot of, to use a trending word, misinformation. Yeah. Based on strength coaches thinking that they're dietitians or nutritionists. So Because they got a precision nutrition certification. Oh, don't. Oh, the worst. <laughs> Don't even. I will say I will play devil's advocate. Um, strength coaches had to be dietitians because there weren't any dietitians in the field uh, several decades ago. So for sure, yeah, you gotta play the. They role were paving that you're, the way. Uh, yeah, that you're put in. Yeah, so it is what it is. But that doesn't mean that you can't trust us now, because we are as equally nerdy about nutrition as you guys are about the body mechanically. Well, for everybody at home, Christina, how do people get in touch with you if they want to, whether it be hire you on for your services or just ask questions? Yeah. So you can go to my website, www.christinay2.com. I guess you can Google me as well, too. I think I'm fine. Oh, she's Googleable. I think you can just, but like, just don't Google just my name, like Christina too, because I feel like that would like, there's too many of me me out there. But if you get like (laughs) Christina too nutrition or dietitian, I'm sure it'll come up. You are the second. Um, if I just Google your name, Christina Chu, you're the <gasps> second hit Chicago performance dietitian. Who's first? Yeah, who's first? Um, let me go. Christina S. Chu, MD, Fox Chase Cancer Center. Oh, that oh bitch. well, shit. <laughs> I'm sure, she's doing a lot of great work. How dare her be a doctor and work on <laughs> cancer? Oh, well, anyway, all right. Yikes. So hit you up at your website. Um, website. I yeah. know you're very active on Instagram as well. Yep. You can go to my Instagram at Christina Y2. Um, if any questions were to come up that you thought of later on, feel free to respectfully slide into my DM. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. And next you have to share your personal phone number. Let's go. Yeah. You want my address? <laughs> Great. Um, my tax ID number. Social awesome. security. Social, yeah. of yeah. course. Social, yeah. what I'm doing, you know, what my mother's maiden name is. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> but for everybody at home, uh, if you got to get in t- contact with me or Alex, as always, our info is in the show notes. If you want to get at any of our strength and conditioning programs, we have nine pre-made programs, uh, as well as custom programs, as well as a low back, we'll say strengthening and rehabilitation program for people that have suffered from previous low back injuries. So all that is at buildingafighter.com. This is Dr. Austin Shane, Alex Freeman, Christina, and yes. we are out. Are out.